Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Saturday, 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 Draft Live. We're back, but we're not live. It's myself, Jack Graham, as always, on each stage of pleasure with Tweet, which you can find on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you want to get your podcast, we're on it. We produce masses amount of content, such as our feature shows, our central shows. We've got East meets West. We've got, of course, Saturday Draft Live. We've got it all. Come and check us out. You can find us on Twitter, Suplex Retweet. You can find us on Facebook. You can find our community page all over the place. Check our website. Full back catalogs on there from the good old Suplex Retweet Extra days where you can find the Raw Report and that other show that may have happened to me back to the rest of quite frankly, I quite, can't quite remember. Here's the panel for the day. It's the usual. David Hockney, the stats man, is back once again. How are we doing, son? Uh, you know what, Jack? Could you please do that intro every time uh, we do Saturday <laughs> Draft Live going forward? Because that was pretty damn spectacular. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. How are we doing, man? I'm doing grand. And you know what? It's, uh, not much left of this season, so it's uh, it's all picking up pace like it is in the, the US elections at the minute. <laughs> yes, we're hoping we're hoping that we get the right result with that soon, as we, as me and you probably both hope the right result will happen at the end of this season. But we'll talk about that against the top 11. But... Our next member, he's the founding father of Saturday Draft Life. He's the OG. He is the one and only Scott McLeod. Scott, how are we doing? Jack, I'm not a political person, but why is it whenever there's a show happens the next day, we need to wait one hour, two hours, five hours, sometimes even ten hours for Stephen to post <laughs> draft results? <laughs> I think some folks should meddle with politics and some yeah. folks should meddle with draft scoring. Honestly, he's even slower than Nevada's uh, poll counters. <laughs> but you know what I'm glad we're doing we're doing all right but you know what we'll just bar in we'll just get straight to it the top three of the week and Dave we'll come to you first Nia Jax not, not a familiar face we've seen the top three she got ten points this week yep. you must be pretty pleased with that uh, she's not like most draft picks and she's uh, she's proven why here I've been two matches this week along with a handful of appearances and one of those matches was for the women's tag team type tag team titles so yeah good good result all round and I think this this skit of of Naya putting Lana through the announce tables uh, on in a weekly basis is really helping me rack up points here and Lana's also undrafted as well so it's it, if anything it's just more points for me and I know say what you will about Nia Jax you know she not be, might not be the most popular person on the on the roster but she's in a good program with Shayna Baszler at the minute and she's racking up wins, she's racking up points, and I'm glad to see her in the top three this week. Uh, it seems like kind of like more and more each week they're starting to get on the same page, just enjoying putting Lana through the table. Obviously, at some point, you'll expect that Lana will get her, her just do, you know what I mean, her revenge on Nia Jack at some point. But as you said, no one's drafted Lana, so it won't negatively impact you. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, it's been a pretty solid pick, Nia Jack, I think. I think folk are not not that they were questioning Nia Jax, but they're like maybe not at the forefront of picking her, and obviously you're quite wise to to get that going. So I, I, I commend you, Dave. Well done. 
Yeah, the payback win where they won the women's tag titles made me think, okay, maybe they've got something for her. So I thought I'd take a punt, you know, bring her back for a second season and it's obviously paying off. Obviously, Ross has got Shayna Baszler and he, he obviously he's hoping that he'd be getting about the same amount of points, but I think Nia's maybe just edging it a bit on uh, Shayna now. So uh, you've, you've definitely picked the, the better of the two points-wise. Not not wrestling-wise, of course, but you picked the better of <laughs> the, the, the points-wise. <laughs> I think... I think Nia's a lot of better pick than she was when you had her last season, Dave. Because I get why you picked her in season five. She was just come back off her return. Mm-hmm. She was getting raw white women's title opportunities. The which unfortunately for you didn't pan out the way you probably would have wanted. But yeah, the thing with Shayna with the women's title titles has made her a lot better point getter. Like even from the first like week of the draft, you had a successful defense over the Golden Walmart shortly before they disintegrated. Mm-hmm. I. Yeah. And- Nia's currently five and a half points ahead of Shayna as well, obviously because she's had more singles matches probably, but they appear regularly and they've competed regularly, so it's not surprising that they're almost on par with each other at this stage. Yeah, I think they should be two like, big points getters, uh, especially if their team wins at Survivor Series, so you and Roth should hopefully be like, hoping that Nia and Shayna are like, the last two for their team. Mm-hmm. Proving pretty well for Survivor Series, I think, as well, will be quite a dominant uh, performance. But I'll come to you, Scott, because the second place is also 10 points in the sure relegation rival. Uh, David Campbell has captain Seth Rollins qualified for Survivor Series team and appeared in a couple of segments with this whole Mysterio Murphy thing still continuing. I don't know what's happening there, but I, it's obviously the majority of David's team comes in a, a, a Friday night and not that I'm saying that Grant's bound to relegation, but it seems like it's going to be a fight between you and David to not get relegated. How, how are you feeling about that, seeing his, one of his uh, team members up in that top three this week? Well, well, I can't really be annoyed because, like as I said, Seth is always a top like pick, and especially when he's uh, David's cousin. It is annoying, not only from a storyline perspective, that they keep this bloody Aaliyah, uh, Bray, Dominic thing going, and Seth's involved in it. But also the fact for a draft perspective that it means Seth's popping up all over the shop. You know, he's got that match where he always means you knew he was going to be at Survivor Series. That had to be a given. Uh, the thing with the relegation is that I'm actually at this point, uh, I said that I've already made peace with the fact that relegation is a possibility for me at this stage. I'm actually rooting for Grant at this stage. Like, because he's got a big like North American title defence for joining Gargano uh, this Wednesday. I'm rooting for Grant to get out of relegation because, like, if I get relegated, I don't want it to be me and Grant. I want it to be me and David because I can't deal with the idea of me getting relegated and David Campbell not because he's <laughs> too fucking smug. <laughs> so if I have to go down, I'm dragging him down with me. I, was, I, 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 rate, the, I rate the logic more that. Well, you can't, you can't have the, the East meets West co-hosts going up against each other. What kind of dynamic will that be for your show? You know, you've got no loyalties to David Campbell now, so bring them down in that dogfight, you know what I mean? <laughs> Very much. But uh, number one this week is my captain, Drew McIntyre. Obviously, he lost the uh, Dowie title, and I was hoping... Oh, he, he appeared a lot last week, so I'm hoping that can keep in the same vein. Did the same this week as well. He uh, won a handicap match against Miz and John Morrison. Uh, Dave, we'll come to you because obviously you're captain Randy Orton. I think mm-hmm. only got eight points this week or something like that. Uh, uh, he got six points this week. Six. So yep. obviously took the title away from uh, Drew. But do you think we will still see Roman Reigns versus Randy Orton at Survivor Series? Uh, 
Yeah, I think that's the plan for for the moment because obviously, you know, Orton's still sort of intertwining with Drew and the Fiend at this stage, but I think that might pay off at the that might be something building towards TLC. I think for now they just want to get past Survivor Series at this point purely because they've highlighted it as this is the going to be the Undertaker's 30 year farewell show. And I think that's sort of what's selling selling the event on its own rather than just the brand supremacy side of things. So I think well I think it's good that Drew's actually starting to rack up points again for you because you know he's he's still back to to winning matches. He's making regular appearances again, you know, despite not being WWE champion. And it it helps him regain his momentum uh, for the for the next potential WWE title rematch. So I think for the moment. Uh, I don't think Drew's going to get the title back or and I don't think Orton's going to lose it before Survivor Series. I think that's going to be the plan just to ride, ride Survivor Series out until TLC probably. The only reason I'm saying that, I'm, I'm not quite sure if it will happen, as long as it's been announced for uh, Raw coming up on Monday that Drew McIntyre is going to be the guest on Moment of Bliss. But the, the last remaining male slot for the Survivor Series team for Raw is going to be our last chance to learn. So I think it's the three folk that lost their match. Uh, so like Elias, Riddle, and I can't mind the other one. Was it Jeff Hardy? Jeff Hardy, yeah. Yeah, so they're in a triple threat match for that final spot. So that's why I was wondering, because my kind of hope was that Drew McIntyre would be on that uh, Survivor Series team, but that doesn't seem like it's going to be the case. And I don't know how he's going to be featured, which makes me a bit worried for winning this, because I don't know what's going to happen there. But we'll, we'll see. Scott, what's, what's your take on it? Yeah, I would have thought if Drew's not the uh, the WWE champion at Survivor Series, he'd be like the leader of Team Raw, because basically he has been the top guy on Raw ever since WrestleMania, and it feels weird because I'm pretty sure even they had like Braun Strowman on Raw talk, and he even talked about like potentially getting Drew on Team Raw, so because it felt like the logical step is like you're supposed to be the best of that particular brand. You got like Keith Lee, uh, Braun Strowman, AJ Styles. And like you, I think yeah, Drew would slot like perfectly into that, like the top guys on Raw and Sheamus. But <laughs> you know, it, it feels weird because it would feel weird not to be there unless you want him to get involved in Randy Orton's match. But then again, like he's, I'm pretty sure Drew is somebody who would be brand loyal. So I don't know why he'd want to cost Raw match, even if he hates Randy Orton. But I get, but I guess like him not being on the show, like. I think at best you can hope for him to like, appear and be like get interviewed, but then I think it'd just be a waste of Drew. Yeah, it's it's, it's something that's as I said, I just wasn't expecting it, and I, I find it a bit weird. That's why I was I was maybe thinking that if Drew took the belt before that and up against Roman, there would be some sort of Randy Orton Undertaker thing, you know, Legend Killer and all that. Blah, blah. I don't know. I'm just I'm just hypothesising. I'm not entirely sure, but yeah. it's. It's weird that we'll potentially have a big pay-per-view and Drew not being involved. Well, to be fair, mm-hmm. he has competed at almost every pay-per-view this year. And, you know, he's basically carried the company through over the summer of the summer of COVID. I think he deserves a bit of a, a cool-down period before sort of picking things back up again by the time the Royal Rumble season comes around. Uh, well, quite frankly, it's not good enough. So, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we'll go into the... <laughs> We're going to the top 11 as we, as we always do and uh, our resident last place man Grant McRobbie uh, 104 points Dave do you want to just say the team name again just for the sake of it because I like that you can actually say it yep uh, Grant's team is Los Ingobernadores de Stene 
I'm never going to get that right, regardless of like attempting it. So I'm just not going to. Scott, unfortunately, you're sitting tenth place right now, 117 and a half points with uh, David Campbell not too far away, 123. We'll I talk about like this. I would like to say that his team is mostly SmackDown, which is why usually when these when it comes down to reading out the scores on a Saturday, he is ahead, sometimes ahead of me because most of his team is on a bloody is on bloody Friday, including his captain. I would like to point out SmackDown is not a total loss for me as Ruby Riot won a triple threat match, so which means I've got now two people from my team representing me in Survivor Series matches, which is more than I thought I was going to get a few weeks ago. She got a fancy new haircut as well. Everyone's coming up, Scott McLeod. <laughs> she's, she's got her groove back. <laughs> uh, a wee bit ahead of uh, David Campbell in eighth place. Uh, Last season's winner, Stephen Wilson, our new ESSR champion that you would have saw in the Saturday Draft Live Live episode last week in the community page on YouTube, so go check that out if you haven't. He's won our title, God, God rest his soul, but uh, 135 and a half points there. And a wee bit above that as well, Ross McLeod, 146, just kind of coasting through this season. He's no, he's not going to challenge the top. He's probably not going to be near the relegation battle. He's just kind of... Firmly cementing the spot for season seven, just to carry on with that. But then the kind of the table divides at this point, and uh, I was going to call it a hard carry, but it's not a hard carry. Uh, Gary's got the heart business of the, the first place and the point scoring this season with ninety eight points. It's got him to one hundred seventy and a half overall, with Alan just three points ahead of him in fifth, with Ryan just five points ahead of Alan in fourth. So that's quite a tight middle of the pack there, and. We kind of see the separation in the top three here, which has got uh, one that we usually see at the top, Daniel Campbell, 194 points. But the best news of all, in mm-hmm. joint first place, Jack Graham and David Hawkney have 195 points. Mm-hmm. Let's celebrate. Come on. Grab some bubbly. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a great sight, Dave, isn't it? Uh, it's beautiful, yeah. It's, but you tell you what, though, uh, with full gear happening tonight, you know, that, that could all change in an instance and you and Daniel both have representatives from your team competing at full gear. I don't, unfortunately. My, my only AEW representation is best friends and they're not involved in the, the tag title match. They could be added to the buy-in at the last minute, but I don't see much else happening for them. I think you could hope for some appearance points for them if they accompany Orange Cassidy in his match because he's going to be against a member of the Dark Order and the Dark Order will probably in his corner, so I'll say... Orange Cassidy will have the best friends to watch his back. Yeah, I think at best I can only hope for, you know, maybe a couple of appearance points, but I don't expect anything, uh, any big point scares from Full Gear, but at least I won't lose any either, hopefully. I think the, the buy-in is the NWA World Women's Championship match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think was like Orange Cassidy got moved up to the, the main show, well, not the main show, the, the main pay-per-view card. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, so, just goes, it just goes to show the state of AEW's women's division, you know, when they have to bring in another company's women's championship just to fill out the card. It's, looking at the back at the table, like Ross and Steven, it's weird that, they, you, you know, looking at their scores, it's unlikely these two, two are going to win, but they're also not going to get relegated. So, like, they're in the weirdest position of all. They're kind of just there in the middle. Uh, like you said, like, if Ross or for us, they're steaming to get relegated at this stage. Like every single member of their team would need to get bloody COVID for them to get <laughs> relegated at this stage. Mm-hmm. So like, so like they're in a weird middle like position because then you get Gary, Allen, and Ryan all close together. And I think one big one for either of them could knock them out of the top three. 
and again, like we've, we've talked about before, both on here and in group chats, that this is probably both at the bottom and at the top. It's the tightest season we've probably had so far. And I think the relegation is a big part of that. I suspect 100%. Gary. I suspect Gary's going to move up to fourth uh, by the end of the season because <laughs> the heart business has been like. Like a godsend for his team. They're the absolute gold standard on Monday Night Raw, and they're taking their place at the top of the the top ten scorers this season. I think they're just going to continue extending that lead, and as a result, Gary's going to slowly move up the table again. I could could very well happen. I, I would like to say though, two weeks ago, I uh, distributed some tough love ahead of a uh, of Clay's Showdown Five, which we'll hopefully record in the next week or so, and. Also mentions in some regards to the draft as well. I would like to point out how well Jack and Dave have done since I distributed that tough love. <laughs> and both of them now both joint first. I would like to just say, you know, tough love works. You know, parents out there, feel free to stop hugging your children because they will achieve much more. <laughs> I just got really show up action anyway. My mum, my mum spoils me. My mum was hugging me all the time, and look where I am now in the table. Like, oh, <laughs> I mean. I don't know about you, Jack, but I think that's a that's a pretty solid uh, solid argument there. Uh, you know, we, we we got it tight off of Scott when we were we were being lackadaisical with how we how we were inside draft five. You could you could argue we've just uh, we've buckled up and we've went into full gear. <laughs> Pun. Pun intended. <laughs> but yeah, lackadaisical. I mean, that's the fanciest word I've ever hear hear you say. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Uh, I do say, I do, like, when we talk about Phil Gear, I do, like, joke about, like, my position in that. I know Dio Campbell, you know, he's got a, a Friday heavy team, which he does, as a fact. So like, he's got Diggy, Solida, and Seth Rollins. But I I will not, like, put it past the fact that it is make or break for me at Phil Gear. Because I, I'm, I've maintained the fact that the throwing together nature of the Shida and Arla Rose match has me hoping that, I mean, Shida's going to win because, like, it's just a case of get this rematch with Nile out of the way because it seems like Britt Baker is the obvious one that they're setting up for to take the belt. Uh, but like, it's Nyla fucking rules. Like, they can't put the belt back on her. And even if she's got Vicky Guerrero as her manager, but if they some reason do, then that is just me calling that a day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you who's, who's uh, have a make or break season though. It's uh, Daniel. With obviously he has John Moxley as his captain and he's facing Eddie Kingston in an I quit match. So and I think that's probably you know, we've speculated on Central this week that uh Moxley could potentially lose and obviously he won't get pinned or submitted. So it could protect him in some instance, but also give Eddie Kingston like that defining win to carry himself in AEW. So I think Daniel could be at risk of either like winning the season there and then or he could just be trying to survive and make it to the end of the season. I, think, I, I, think, I, I agree. I think, like I mentioned on SDL 50, he's also got Street Profits in a frame position and a match against New Day. So I think, even if this doesn't go his way, he can still at least get second, if not jump to first, with the with the Street Profits getting a big win at Survivor Series, even though it's not mm. like a title match. And I know Eddie Kingston is undrafted, but I think win or lose at full gear, he should be somebody that people consider as a pick for next season. Yep, definitely. Daniel's also got Chris Jericho as well, who's facing MJF. I mean, that one could go either way, but as we said on Central, I think most of us are leaning towards uh, an MJF win. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I need it. I need it. But what also what we usually do on Saturday draft live before before any paper we kind of run down the full card here our predictions. But we've already done that on Central this week, so I implore everyone out there to listen to Central and check out that uh, we preview for full gear. We're just going to go through the matches that concern the draft itself, and I will start with Orange Cassidy versus John Silver. Obviously, Orange Cassidy is part of Stephen Wilson's team. A bit of a nothing match in regards to the draft, but uh, Scott, do we see an Orange Cassidy win here? Yeah, I think he needs it because like, they were doing okay with him. With like, Yeah, it was fine. He lost to Cody and Brody Lee because of John Silver's interference, but the last two Cody matches, like, he had him back-to-back and they lost both in a row, which I think is a risk of like halting his momentum, as I said, on Central. So yeah, getting a win over Silver, who's kind of an underling and the guy who kind of cost them, is what you need to help keep the momentum. You've got, you've had Cassidy on ever since, but they, they beat Jericho. So yeah, I think it's an easy night for a first season in that regard. Uh, Dave, you say that opinion, Jenko be Orange Cassidy or Jenko be another one chopped up for the Dark Order here? Yeah, I think Orange Cassidy needs uh, needs to sort of claw back a win. Although I think it's going to be quite a a controversial win, dare I say? Like, because obviously, you know, you get best friends and you've got the Dark Order possibly getting involved with each other. I could see this feud actually prolonging a bit. Ah, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think John, John Silver's someone that I think's uh, being, being groomed into a top position very soon. I think they've got a lot of backing and his abilities and what he could do. And I think Orange Cassidy's a kind of a, a good kind of starter for you to just just to getting fans engaged with them. But I, I agree, I think Orange Cassidy will, will win this. I don't think it will serve John Silver any good win. And obviously, there's more of a story if he loses and it can continue. But uh, Scott, I'll come to you next for your match. Obviously, your captain Akara Shida's defending a title against Nyla Rose. Uh, obviously, you'll be hoping for the Akara Shida win, but. With, with with that kind of out of your head, do you think she would win regardless against Nyla Rose here? I think so. Again, like we, we said everything we wanted to say about the, the state of the women's division in AEW back on the Central, and I think I said earlier on about my my thoughts on this match, the way they've thrown it together. In fact, I don't think Nyla Rose, with or without Vicky in her corner, should should win the title. Again, I think she had her time as this champion, and the, the future uh, future here is Britt Baker versus Shida. I'm just hoping that they don't like have Britt Baker get her, her shot at Shida until like post Survivor Series, so that at least it doesn't cost me anything. No, I work it out. I'm hoping for that as well. Also, I, also, I don't want you to be in this relegation position. I want you to survive. I want you to get through it. Uh, Dave, Jake Nyla Rose, obviously Vicky Guerrero is going to be there. Do you think there'll be any interference on that? Jake Nyla Rose will win. I think it'll be a comfortable victory for Akara Shida here. I don't think it'll be a comfortable victory. I think it's actually going to be a bit more hard fought. But as I said on Central about this match, it's just, it feels like they've extended the feud as long as they could uh, before pulling the trigger on the rematch. And I, I think Hikaru Shida will just scrape it. As as for mentioned, I think she'll go into a feud with Britt Baker. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm the same. I think Hikaru Shida will win it. Obviously, Grant's tag team is up next of uh, Paige and Omega, but they're up against each other in this uh, AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament final match where the winner will receive a future AEW World title shot. Uh, he won't get any victory points here. He'll just get the appearance point for Paige and Omega. But I'll put my 
hand in the in the place of Hangman Adam Page winning this match, Dave? Page or Omega? You know, my initial response was Kenny Omega winning, but now that I think about you know where the AEW title match could go, I'm actually starting to lean to more towards uh, Hangman Page getting it. But I think this could potentially be one of the matches of the night, if not the the tag team title match. Yeah, uh, Scott, Page or Omega? I don't think it really matters. To be fair, I mean, given that, <laughs> uh, given that, like, it doesn't really help Grant draft wise. I do think Hangman. I think I mentioned my reasons for it on Central. I should point out. I think Grant. I just double check. Also has Sammy Guevara on his team, who has that match against. Uh, Matt Hardy, the elite deletion. Although I think they're hoping they redeem what for what happened uh, all out. So I think that means they're going to go the way they're hoping to, which is a Matt Hardy win. So I don't see that working out for him either. I completely forgot they had Sammy Guevara. I yeah, forgot he was a person. <laughs> <laughs> but the kind of the Penola match. Oh, that's not even the Penola match. The two, two, two at the top here. Me and me and Daniel, Chris Jericho versus MJF. Going up against each other, obviously Daniel's got Chris, I've got MGF. MGF will have Wardlow in his corner, and if MGF wins, he's allowed to join the inner circle. Obviously, I want MGF to win. I think he will win regardless. I think the, they've kind of struck gold with the dynamic they've managed to get with Chris Jericho and MGF, and I think they'll want to continue that. So that's why I think MGF will win this match here. Scott, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I think storyline wise, it means a lot more. There's a lot more they could do with an MGF win. And him being part of the inner circle and the other inner circle members not really liking him, uh, or if they turned on Jericho with some of the guys. And I think a pay per view and for MJF could almost make up for the uh, the loss from All Out. When I know we we were also confident when you picked MJF, like oh he's a start to get the title win uh, at All Out, but against Moxley that didn't really work out. I, I, I still feel wronged by that. You know I laughed in Daniel's face and he certainly laughed back. But hey, Dave. Is MGF joining the inner circle? I think so. I mean, as Scott said, it, from a storyline perspective, it makes the most sense. And it would be pretty stupid to have, you know, MGF lose to Chris Jericho at this point, and then he's got no direction to go. I think this this story needs to continue, and the only way to do that is with an MGF win. And next is the tag title match, obviously. My former captains, FTR, are going up against Al McLucas's Young Bucks. He's Definitely need no win here. I think he wants to stay in competition. But the Young Bucks lose. They'll never challenge for the AEW World Tag Team Championship again. And Tommy Blanchard is banned from ringside. There's a lot of caveats to this match here. I think that, I said it in the chat this morning, I think it's FTR's going to win. Obviously, there's uh, injury reports to now of the, for the Young Bucks. I think it's, I think it's Nick that's injured. No, can't quite Matt, mind. Matt. Matt. Uh, Matt's injured, obviously, and I think it's like a wee strain in his ACL or something like that. But I also said that this match, the match that we're going to... I don't think this is going to be the classic that everyone thinks it will be. I think this will be the way just to write the Young Bucks off for a bit. FTR and Young Bucks don't need the tag team title match to have that once-in-a-lifetime tag team match in a pay-per-view, you know what I mean? That The belts don't need to be on the line for it. So I think it'd be better if just FTR win this, then at some point they lose it down the line and we just get a normal tag match between the two. Dave, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I think FTR needs this win more than the Young Bucks do. And obviously the Young Bucks have, you know, they're part of the elite and they've got an executive role with AEW. So 
it's not like you know they're in a position where they're going to be shuffled down the card and you know just be forgotten about because they're already in a prominent position as is and i think they're going to be consistent with that if this is a way to write them off then fair enough but it's not like AEW's tag division is going to suffer because you know AEW's arguably got the best tag team division in the world right now and this would solidify ftr as as literally the top guys so yeah i'm leaning towards ftr for this one are you are you the same score jane they'll put the belts to the young bucks if you asked me earlier in the week, I probably would have said Young Bucks, no doubt, because of also the stipulation and everything. But then Ross had that, that theory that, like, then Bucks, Bucks do what, like, Shawn Michaels did when he couldn't get a match in Undertaker, like, cost FDR the titles when they, when Matt's, like, healthier, and then it sets up a rematch, because I said, I don't think this is going to be a one-and-done thing. And then again, also, the injury to Matt has put a lot of doubt in my head, so... For me, this is actually the hardest one to call on the entire card for both like the streets that we'll now be doing and obviously for the draft. But oh, I, I I thought originally it was going to be the box given the stipulation, but overall for the story and I think given the injury and everything, I, I think FTR need it more because like Bucks, uh, the Bucks kind of started this whole FTR thing without their knowledge or permission, so. I've always been an FTR side because I think the Bucks are a bit of a dick. But, you know, I think they need more. And also the value of the Bucks beat them with one of them not 100%. I think it kind of makes the... You can try and make a story of that, but I don't think it paints FTR in a good light. FTR need it more and Jack needs it more. So that is why <laughs> the FTR will win this match. But our final match, I think, if you ask any member on this, uh, the Just Draft League, Barb Daniel Campbell... Eddie Kingston is going to make John Moxley say I quit. We all want that to happen. You know, if, if uh, Daniel wins this match, obviously John Moxley is his captain, I think you could put make an absolute certainty that Daniel's winning the draft overall. So I think for the spirit of competition, we're all wanting Eddie Kingston to win. And plus, I think an Eddie Kingston, Hangman Adam Page rivalry for the AEW World title would be really good. We've obviously mm-hmm. seen John Moxley and Omega in some form before. It's something that we're used to. Kingston and Adam Page are a bit different. So I, I, I'm, can, I'm behind that, Cam. I want Kingston to win this. Dave, are you a John Moxley fan here? Or do you think Kingston's going to win his first world title? Well, I mean, I am a John Moxley fan, no doubt about it. But I think the I Quit match actually protects him a little bit in this case. But seeing Eddie Kingston cut those promos with so much passion and so much intensity, like this guy is just screaming world championship material right now and i think you know it's been long overdue uh, to get you know another opportunity for him i think eddie kingston's taken it whether it's by hook or by crook we'll take it either way scott as eddie kingston making john moxley say i quit i think kingston is the most believable threat moxley's had in his entire like title reign i think we're at a stage where you can start thinking like we need to start thinking who's going to take this belt from moxley and again, like it doesn't matter to me about whether or not Daniel wins again because I'm nowhere near him. But, but I do think a big thing is if Moxley doesn't walk out with the title, it is going to massively affect his season. And you know, like I really like to, I really like, I would like to see Kingston as champion. You know, I mean, look at the promo from Dynamite. I mean, Moxley mentioned his mom and everything. Like that is no on fucking Kingston. Sit a bit, son. <laughs> Well, there we go. That's that is the three most important folk on this podcast, given their predictions for AEW full gear. So you shouldn't listen to anyone else's opinions. 
<laughs> obviously, this uh, we do sweeps for this. Obviously, Stevens putting up his ESSR title on the line, so I feel that we're going to have a lot of similar results in our predictions here for this show. But it's fine, you know. As one of the sat, as well as long as one of the Saturday Draft Live boys win, it's we're golden, aren't we? We're, we're on our way. Well, we've got two two out of three shots to win this year, so I think it is possible. <laughs> we, each, we each have a thirty-three and third percent chance of winning the East Star Championship. You know the numbers don't lie. These is spelled disaster for you at full gear. <laughs> we love Scott Steiner on us here, and that is the end of Saturday Draft Live. Thank you, everyone, to listen. Dave, thanks for coming on once again. Dave Butler, man, and Scott, thank you as well. I really hope that. Karashida can keep that tail and keep your relegation worries at bay uh, so do I so do I <laughs> I have been Jack Graham everyone thank you for listening and we will see you next week where we will talk about the aftermath of Phil Gear. Ooh.